You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Well, good evening, everybody. Sorry to interrupt the conversation and the fellowship time, uh, but it's time to move on to the, the next part of the evening. You know, it's it's... I was reminded, even as Chris said, you know, during the, during the, um, just after the worship, I guess, he was just saying, did, did anybody have a word? And I was just reminded, I think, of family and how family is imperfect. And sometimes things don't always go the way you want them to go. They don't always go smoothly. There's interruptions. There's challenges. There's different things in our, in, that get in the way sometimes. And yet, we're one big family, and God just accepts us, um, even though we have lots of imperfections. And I just, I'm always so thankful for that. I don't think I could ever he- hear that enough, that reality that he accepts me just the way I am, with all my imperfections, with all my, you know, weaknesses, with all my failures, he accepts me. And, and uh, I'm so thankful for that. <clears throat> and uh, so that, you know, Chris, if you were thinking, man, certain somebody had a word for the for us tonight and then it didn't happen you were hearing from the lord because that was from the lord no anyways we uh, don't record that part just leave that out that's just a special that's just a special little word for us as a group tonight it's not going to go on the podcast um but i also wanted to um thank tom and thank david um because they shared the word in the last two two Sunday nights here at the church, and so just thanks, guys, for stepping up and giving um, some of us a rest uh, to, you know, go on holiday, on the list of, you know, all those sorts of things. We really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great to know that there are other people that are part of this church family that can step up and say, yeah, I'll, I'll share God's word, and, and are just um, eager to do that, so thank you guys for doing that. Um, Tyler and Donna, as probably some of you know, are on holiday, and so... If you think about them, even in the next kind of 10 days or whatever it is that they're gone for, just keep them in prayer and uh, that their time away would be refreshing and would be um, just very restful and that they would just, yeah, just feel rejuvenated so that when they come back, they're ready to go again for the fall, right? And so, autumn, autumn, the autumn. Yeah, 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 right on. So, tonight... Um, I want to talk about uh, fruitful lives, and so this uh, this past, uh, I guess, last couple of weeks, um, Kyla and I were on holiday with her family, and her niece was with her mom and dad as well on this holiday, and um, so we were driving. There was myself and Eden, and then my niece Kennedy was in the front with me, and we started talking about school and uni and like that. She's current, she graduated and was doing nursing, and so she's in uni. And that kind of led into talking about just young adults and uh, and how some young adults, they finish school and they're not certain what they want to get into, what they want to do with their lives. I remember me, um, I finished school, barely, and, and then I honestly didn't know what to do with my life, and so then I went to uni, and I just took what was considered general studies at that time. I just took a few courses to try and 
um, make my grades better from when I was in school. And I just kind of threw that whole year away. I didn't really go there to study. I went there just to have fun. And so I think with young adults in general, sometimes when we don't know what to do, um, we, we may say, well, let's just travel. Go and travel for a while and see what happens. Or some might, may say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go travel, but I'm going to have a little bit of purpose to that traveling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe volunteer for an organization or something along those lines where I can maybe make a difference in somebody's life. Um, and then some, like myself, had no idea what to do with my life, so I thought I'd go back to uni and just have fun. That didn't work out very well either. And, and, so, and so as the conversation kind of um, moved forward, we, we just kind of small talk about a lot of different things. And, and then um, at one point I said, sometimes you need to find yourself first before we can make a decision with what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Sometimes we need to find ourselves. And, uh, and so I've, I've actually said this a number of times to people, and you've probably said it to people. And in many ways, it sounds really good. And it's, it's, a, it's a statement that people really appreciate to hear and go, yeah, you're sort of affirming what's going on. Yeah, you need to yeah, take this time and find yourself. Now, when I speak to, say, um, specifically to Christian young adults, I would, would often say things like, if you don't know what to do with your life this year, why not think about going and being a part of like YWAM for a year, or maybe a part of something, a master's commission, or something along the lines of a six or a one-year discipleship program where you're just giving your time to the Lord. And I just really believe that when, when you do that as a young person, you can never go wrong. God always can use that time for good. I think in my own life, um, when I did a one-year discipleship program, it truly is one of those times in my life that was, that was monumental. I look back on it many, many times, and I think of the things that the Lord did in my life are things that, that really made me who I am today. And even though for a good four years I went through the Bible college sort of routine, it was that one year of discipleship where I just got to do life with 18 other young adults, and we just sought the Lord and we did lots of serving and volunteering. That one year was really the year that, um, I guess, um, made me into who I am today. And so, anyways, it was a really cool year. So I would say that to, to, to Christians. Um, but, as I said, with others, like my niece Kennedy and uh, like other people that may not be completely serving the Lord, I would say, take time to find yourself. And so the other day on Facebook, um, I read this quote from Rick Warren, and it said this, If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to God, you'll find yourself and God. So I thought, Rick, that's a brilliant statement. Like, that is dead on. And I, I just thought, yeah, that, that's powerful. And then at the end of this quote, it said Matthew 10.39. And it was read, he quoted it out of the Message Bible. And, and I, I thought about it, and then... So I, then I obviously turned to Matthew 10.39 in the NIV. 
And in the NIV, it says, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, if I was to just ask you guys in the room this evening, you'd probably remember and be like, yeah, I've heard that. But reading the other one in the message, in a, just a different, different terminology, it's like you think it's this powerful quote from Rick Warren. But really, that originated from Jesus. And so, now I guess this verse, in some ways, um, I knew I knew this verse, and yet, in casual conversation with people, I was missing an opportunity to share what Jesus really wants people to hear. In in me saying, yeah, you need to find yourself. I was actually misleading them in many ways. I I should be saying something else. Jesus wants people to hear more than, yeah, you need to find yourself. He wants them to hear that in him, there is hope and there is purpose. When you put him first, that's when you will find yourself truly. But when you just go out to try and find yourself, that may not happen. Because we need to seek the kingdom, seek Jesus. When we find Christ, that's when life begins to make sense. And so, I wasn't necessarily doing this on purpose. I wasn't trying to live contrary to the word. And I think many of us that may have used that terminology with somebody before, probably you were not trying to be misleading. You weren't trying to uh, be contrary to what the word says. But sometimes we just say certain things because they sound really good, but they're not actually scriptural. They're not actually the word. We're not actually putting Christ where he needs to be placed in people's lives. And so and yet many times I've had the opportunity to share truth with people and I believe I've, in a sense, missed that opportunity. You know, I think with my niece, it's like she has experienced the Lord. She has has um, gone to some Christian basketball camps. She has learned um, some different things about the Lord. And I don't really know where she's at right now. And I, and I, in many ways, I think she's... I didn't say the word, you need, you need to find yourself, or this is a great opportunity to find yourself. But in many ways, I, there was an opportunity for me at that point to share with her that, that really, if she wants to be, if she really wants to find herself, it starts by putting Christ first in her life. And so, as I reflected on this, on this um, scripture, or on this kind of this moment in the car and, and even a few days afterwards, I was reminded of the scripture in John 15, which is where we're going to turn tonight is John 15. John 15, we're going to read um, verses 1 to um, about 13, I think it is. So kind of lengthy, but and I know most of you have, have heard this um, before. So here we go. John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in me, my love. Now remain, sorry, in my love. If You know, it's funny, because I sometimes think that this is like, almost like a love letter from the Lord. It's like, this is not a word of, 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 in a sense of wrath or, or like judgment or kind of trying to scare us to stay in with him. It's this desire that he has for each and every one of us. It's his heart's cry to us that we would remain in him. It's, and so, you know, as I slipped up there saying, now remain in me, my love. It's like, that's how sometimes I feel when I read that. It's like this love letter from God to me just saying, remain in me because when you remain in me, the things that I have for you are absolutely beyond expectation, beyond what you could ever think or imagine. Anyways, so now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So I believe that every single one of us wants to live a fruitful life. I really believe that. Nobody sets out in life and says, you know, I really don't want my life to count. We don't make those, those choices. We want our lives to be we want our lives to count. We want our lives to make a difference. I believe each and every one of us wants that. And so once we discover that finding ourselves is by losing ourselves in God, because truly finding ourselves is when we get lost in His presence, when we get lost in who He is. Finding ourselves by losing ourselves in God, which most of us have discovered, I believe, Jesus then says to us, remain in me. He wants us to remain in him. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 said, continue to work out your salvation. I love that verse because it just reminds me that I have not arrived. That none of us have arrived. That all of us are on this journey. That every single one of us are, are I guess, in that place where we totally need God to be flowing through in and through our lives. And you know, a few weeks ago, I talked about how Peter, it's like, he, he kept on getting to that place where he thought he arrived, and then Jesus would one-up him again. 
he thought he was like, oh yeah, I got it this time. And then Jesus would just kind of raise the bar just a little, far, little further. We need God flowing in and through our lives. Losing ourselves in God, I believe, needs to be a daily thing. And abiding in Christ needs to be something we ask ourselves if we are doing this regularly. Am I abiding in Him regularly? Am I doing that? So we all... We are all in different places with the Lord, but Jesus says, no matter where you're at with me in the journey, I will make your life fruitful. And I love that as well, because it's like, it doesn't matter. Like some people that I look at, I'm like, wow, look at where you're at with the Lord. That's amazing. That's incredible. And then I look at other people, and, and this might be, I actually don't do this, but another way you could is be like, wow, look where I am compared to that person. No, I don't do that. But the reality is we're all in different places with the Lord. And he, and he just says, I can make your life fruitful right where you're at. Because we're because he just he just loves us. And he just says, what I need from you is for you to remain in me. So as I read John 15, I just want to point out a few things that I believe are keys to living a fruitful life. So the first one is surrender to the gardener. Right off the bat, surrender to the gardener. And I love how Jesus leads by example in this regards. Jesus makes it very clear at the beginning of the passage that he is not just saying that we need to surrender to the process, but he too surrenders to the process. Right at the beginning he says, he cuts off every branch. He's talking to us right now. When he says that, he cuts off every branch and then he uses the words... So Jesus, so he's saying this is the father's the gardener and he'll, he cuts off the branches in me. So Jesus, right off the bat, he sets this example to us that he even is going through that process. It's like he sets the example for us. It's not like, hey, here you, you know, um, it's not like he just kind of throws us out there and says, well, hope you have a good time. He's like, he's, he, he leads the way. He says, I'm going to lead by example. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That which bears, or that which bears fruit, he prunes. So he says, I am willing to go through that process just as you go through the process. Jesus understood that cutting off, pruning, or cleaning is so God can produce more fruit. And I think sometimes we can look at that scripture in kind of in a negative light, like, oh, why would you want to do that? And why would you want to prune? And why would you want to cut off? And why? And it's like, because it's ultimately for our benefit in the long run that we would begin to bear fruit and make our lives. There's this process. It's like there's no fruit, then we see fruit, then we see more fruit, and then it talks about much fruit. And I want us to be a church that we would be people that would produce much fruit. And the reality is that happens when we allow ourselves to just be at the um, surrender to the gardener. But, you know, I understand too that this is the part that none of us like. None of us like it when somebody points something out in you that may not be uh, very, you know, attractive or maybe causing issues or something. We don't like when those things are pointed out in us. But Jesus, ultimately, as I said, he does it not to make our lives miserable, but because he wants to make our lives fruitful. And so, as I thought about that, though, 
in regards to just um, the part of the, the pruning, the cutting off that we sometimes don't like, I thought, you know, if, if I am truly surrendered to God, if I have truly died to self, then that pruning, that cutting off, I should just really welcome that. Because my life is no longer my own. My life is Christ's. And so, yes, I'm still human, and so I feel that, and it's challenging, and it hurts sometimes. But at the same time, I should approach it in the sense that I just welcome that because my life is now in Christ, and, and, and I'm no longer alive, but Christ lives in me. And so I should welcome that. And I think at the same time, it's like when God points something out in your life that he wants to he wants to cut off, or he wants to do, I would encourage you to go, okay, yeah, God, I am truly surrendered to you in this process. And I want, I welcome what you want to do in my life. And if it's really, really challenging, which I understand sometimes it will be, then maybe it's taking a step back and going, am I truly dead to self? Or am I still hanging on to things? And if you are, then that's the opportunity. Okay, God, I need to re-surrender some things to you. I picked up some stuff. You're asking me to lay them down. I need to re-surrender to you. So there's this, this, uh, this process that we need to welcome. Laying down what is actually hindering our walk and picking up his purpose. Surrendering what isn't producing fruit and finding out what will. I know when I think about that, I think if I'm doing something, if I'm doing something that that is that is not beneficial, I don't want to be doing that anymore. I don't want to hang on to things that are actually going to hinder my walk with him. I want to surrender and release those things to God. So surrendering what isn't producing fruit, finding what will, and inviting him to prune so that our lives will produce fruit for the kingdom. Because ultimately that's what I want, is to be producing fruit for his kingdom. You know, this example, I'm really sorry, I've got to move it around again. Um, this example of finding yourself that I was talking about with my niece, I was thinking about it in my own life. I started thinking about how that's so funny. Okay. No, it's good. It's good. For those that are listening by podcast, I almost spilt water all over my friend's foot pedal, and that would be bad. Yeah. Anyways, small break. So anyways, um, where was I? Yeah, the example of, of me with my niece in the car and talking about finding yourself and talking about young adults, and I started thinking about about that as, as, as like how many times I say that with other people about finding yourself and I started asking myself why do I do that? Like I understand that maybe it's it's like this nice thing to say and it's very acceptable and those sorts of things but I thought who am I fearing in this moment? Am I fearing God in this moment or am I fearing man in this moment? And I thought you know the reality is, is I'm fearing man because if I didn't fear man I would just speak the word boldly, which is saying, no, you need to lose yourself. You need to go look for Christ. And when you think, when you get, when when He's at the center of your life, then everything else will begin to fall into place. I know, and I could say, you know, I know you're not a Christian. I know that's the reality. But if you just go and travel, do this, do this, do this, all of these different things, because you want to find yourself, you're looking in the wrong direction. Now, so it was like for me, there was that reality that, oh man, I gotta, I gotta like. I need some pruning because the reality is I'm fearing man instead of fearing God. 
And I guess, you know, sometimes when we think about the pruning, the reality is that when when God is pruning, He's He is nearer to you then than maybe in other situations at other times in your life. When things are going along really fine, it's kind of like I understand that He's always around us. But when we're in that pruning time, it's like He is nearer to you in that time because He's working things through your in and through your lives. And so He is nearer to you in those moments. And 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 this is what I also believe is that the greatest judgment God could bring to us is to leave us alone and let us have our own way. It's like God has such amazing things for us and so he doesn't want to leave us alone. He wants to develop those things that need to be developed in us. He loves you so much that he will do what needs to take place but we need to surrender to the process. Surrendering to the gardener is always good. It may not feel like it in the moment but in time you will see the good in the pruning in the cutting off you will see that when you surrender to the gardener so the second one is remain in the vine jesus said remain in me and i will remain in you or he could another word would be continue in me or abide in me or live in me and then he says apart from me you can do nothing it's it's almost like is this a warning or great things can happen through your life and i look at that as yeah maybe there is a bit of a warning but i think at the end of the day as i've kind of said previously i really believe it's like he's he's saying i want to do great things through your life you there you're able to do great things but you but you need to remain in me and that's when those things will begin to take place just as the branch has life only as long as the life of the vine flows into it so believers have Christ's life only as long as Christ's life flows into them through the remaining in Christ that's a bit of a mouthful but the reality is we we, we have life when we remain in Christ we are branches and on our own we remain that way dead branches but when we're connected to the source the vine our lives will count for his kingdom that's that's the reality it's like apart from me you can do nothing and uh, and i i think sometimes we read john 15 cuz many of us have maybe read it a number of times and we just sort of flip through it oh yeah i know that one right but it's like when we begin to really allow it to work through our lives it's like i really think about what it's saying it's like yeah i really need the lord I really need to stay remain in him. A few years ago, um and I'll try and make this story really short. I was a part of a youth ministry and for the first first year it was a real challenge and uh and I wanted it so bad to to work out. I wanted to see it grow. I wanted to see it flourish. I wanted to see it everything that it was supposed to be. And at the end of this first year, it just not it felt like nothing happened. And it just seemed like it was just existing. It's like oh I'm so frustrated I was so so like discouraged and and in that I just remember taking some time away and just going I'm not remaining in you It's like yeah I take time to pray yeah I take time to do you know the things that you're supposed to do but am I really remaining in you am I really trusting you am I really leaving the results up to you or am I 
quiet for? Am I taking time to pray? Am I taking time to read the Word? And then when I start doing the youth ministry stuff, I just sort of do it on my own and I leave you out. It's like that was sort of the process. And God reminded me again of how important I needed to, to just remain in Him in everything that I was doing in that youth ministry. And then, you know, Kyle and I did see over the, over the next few years that it really did flourish. It really did begin to produce fruit. But the reality is there, there had to be that, 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 I guess, adjustment in my own life of, of remaining in him. And I think in so many ways, if we want to be people that are producing fruit, we need, to, we need to stay connected to the vine. And I know that sounds so elementary, and yet so many times we, we, we just kind of sneak off sort of unintentionally on our own. But we need to remain in the vine. Jesus makes it very simple for us to he makes it simple, but we often complicate it, right? What we need to remind ourselves of is to simply walk with him in all we do, trust Holy Spirit, pray, read the word, and in that, um, what we ask for will be given to us just naturally because we are just a part of the vine. So the, 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 last, the last thing I want to say is walk in his commands. Walk in his commands. And actually, the very last verse of it, it just says, walk in his command. His command is, love each other. And, you know, I've discovered how we treat each other is a direct reflection of our true relationship with God. You know, 1 John 4, it says, If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So when we love others as Christ loved us and how he loves how he loved us and how he loves us. So Christ he laid his life down for us. He calls us friends and not servants. And he makes his plan aware to us. As we love others this way, we will not be able. Um, as we love others this way, we will not be able to contain the fruit that will be produced in our lives. That's the reality. When we love others as Christ loves us, we will not be able to contain the fruit that will flow through our lives. Christ sets that example for us. I love that reality that He He doesn't consider us servants slaves but he considers us friends it's like he he gave his life for us and he calls us to do the same thing see remaining in him matters it's important for our own journey but I would also like to suggest that maybe more importantly it's so others will see and come to Christ through our life or through through your life we, we need to remain in him and that's important but ultimately, I think, when we remain in him, the greater purpose that he has is so that we can be effective in reaching for his Christ. Because we can't do that on our own. And the great commission, God has called us to reach others for Christ. He has not called us to just come and have a nice little huddle together. He's called us to make an impact in our communities. He's called us to be those different difference makers. He's called us to go and... and, and and, uh, and tell people about his love. Keys to a fruitful life. Surrender to the garden, remain in the vine, and walk in his command. 
So I guess I, I just end with this. No matter where, you, where you're at, we should always commit to these keys of living a fruitful life. You know, for me, when I was driving in the car again with, with my niece, it reminded me, again, as I said this already, am I fearing God or am I fearing man? And I don't necessarily feel we need to go down that path, but it was just like, and I'm not necessarily saying this is directly for somebody here, but it was like, whatever the pruning is that God may or may not need to do in your life, it's like we need to submit to that, we need to surrender to that. And for me, it was like in that moment, it just reminded me of, who am I fearing? And then then there's this remaining in the vine. And I understand that remain in the vine on a whole is talking about, is like just remaining in him in, in life in general. But in this particular case, something that hot was highlighted to me was like, am I being attentive to his still small voice? It's like in those moments when I wasn't sort of like in the church setting, I wasn't going out to evangelize, I was just cruising in the car, paying attention to the road, having a casual conversation. And in those moments, I also want to be tuned in to what God is saying. In those moments, I want to be ready in season so that when when the opportunity comes, I don't miss it, but I get to speak God's word over somebody's life. And I think in so many ways that can relate to us. When we remain in the vine, when we are totally um, captivated by the vine, when we are just flowing sort of with the Spirit of God, those moments when we do have an opportunity won't pass us by because we'll hear that still small voice and go, yeah, I need to speak something, I need to say something. Instead of just saying, it's, yeah, find yourself. It's, it's like, no, find Christ and then you'll find yourself. And then this command of love, I just thought, you know, the importance of just loving one another and laying my life down for people. And I think, I'm not trying to like, be hard on us or be hard on on myself necessarily but it was just this reality check again check again for myself how much am I really loving others you know I think so often it's like um, this this message of Christ and hope and purpose and his love for us we need to declare it more boldly and we need to we need to declare it more regularly and I understand that it takes time in some in, in in people's lives, building that relationship and knowing when to share and when not to share and knowing what to say and knowing what not to say. But I was just challenged again personally on where I was at and, and my love for others. And to be honest, I think I'm a, a guy that actually like loves people quite a lot. Um, but at the same time, it was like, yeah, you can you can miss those opportunities. And, uh, and I want us to always be kind of like making the most of every opportunity that God kind of brings to us. Why don't I call the band up for one last song? I know I've... uh, I don't actually know why I'm saying this because I always speak for a long time. Um, But I know that I've... Uh, spoken for a long time, but I just wrote down here at the end here, abide in Christ and walk with this family and much fruit will be a result for you 
the church, and perhaps most important, those around us, day in and day out, will discover the love he has for us, or he has for them. That's, that's the reality, is that we would, we would abide in Christ, and that we would do life together, so that we can make a difference in our community, so we can make a difference in each other's lives. Amen? Well, let's stand together as we sing this, this last song. And I just trust that even in, with some of the things that I've said, and I know that I've said a lot, um, but I just take this time just to go, God, am I, remaining, am I remaining in you? Am I walking in you? Am I surrendered to the gardener? Am I remaining in you? Am I, am I um, you know, submitted to your, your commands? And, uh, you know, if there's any areas that the Lord is tugging on your heart this evening, just kind of take time and just surrender those to the Lord and just allow him to speak to you as, as the band plays. And, and, you know, at the very end, we, we always take time to, to pray if, if people want time for prayer. And we usually just do that around the table. But it's, it's our desire always that nobody would leave tonight without receiving prayer if that's what you would desire. So let's just sing together and, uh, and we'll see what the Lord does in our hearts. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.